Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, we're here. NBA season 2021-22 campaign kicking off tonight. Starting with the Bucks and the Nets at 730. Followed up by the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. We're back. We're back. And I guess you could consider this season two of Keep It at 94, if you want to do it like that. But what's up, guys? Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, back with you yet again for another episode as a part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. We got some things to talk about today. You know, just a little ho-hum situation going on there in Philadelphia. Uh, we will also be providing some predictions, not unlike every other podcast and show has done. Uh, but we kind of have to do it because, you know, things are starting off now. You know, NBA basketball's back. The only so, difference is ours are the only ones that count. They're the only true. ones that you should care about, matter. You know, it's just listen to us. We're we're the real professionals that know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're the real experts around here, aren't we, right. Brian? <laughs> it's Shoot. just like, just put all the teams up on the wall and throw a dart, you know, at some point. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt with my Eastern Conference predictions, and uh, I will be going through those uh, with you step by step, uh, as will Brian. But again, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. If you have any comments, have any questions, please put them in uh, wherever you're watching, whether it's on Twitter, uh, YouTube, or Facebook, please. Uh, We are more than welcome uh, for any kind of feedback or uh, suggestions uh, throughout this show. So uh, I guess we can just kind of kick it off here. I know that you, Brian, have been very eager to share the comments and the fallout from, I, I guess, not even just today, but yesterday, even with Ben Simmons reporting to practice and training camp. Uh, he's been there the last week or so after he showed up uninvited on an airplane uh, and at their doorstep. So uh, it's already gotten a little bit, little bit uglier there uh, with the 76er situation. So I know you're dying uh, to share those details. So please go ahead. Well, I am, but at the same time, we have, um, we have a, tried to avoid talking about Ben Simmons as much as possible because it's been an overwhelming topic, but you can't get away from it. And you really can't now, because like you said, he showed up with the team. The best part was that like he came to Philadelphia and they didn't even know it. Do you think he went to the team facility and his key card didn't work and they had to call security to let him in or Maybe. how exactly did that work? You know, so it's it's already been a super awkward situation. And then we saw him, you know, as part of practice on Monday. And the weird thing was, 
I don't know exactly what he did in practice. And I'm sure the media wasn't allowed to be there for the entire practice. But the footage we did see of Ben, there were no teammates near him. He was wearing sweats. And he had his phone in his pocket. Okay, so it's already like super weird on top of everything else that's going on. And then we had what happened today here on Tuesday in that he gets kicked out of practice by Doc Rivers. Doc says he wasn't engaging with the team. I guess they were doing some light work. And then when it came to ramp it up, Ben wanted no part of it. And Doc said, get out of here and threw him out. And um, Doc has since said that he will be welcomed back and he can rejoin the team on Thursday for practice, but he's been suspended for their opener against the Pelicans. Who would have even known if he was even going to play in this game on Wednesday night? But it's just taken the situation um, that much further into the craziness. And now you've got guys there that have to be, you know, that have to talk about this. Um, not just Doc, but, you know, Joel Embiid, as the captain of the team, is going to talk about it. And Joel is honest to a fault. I mean, he will flat out tell you this. And, you know, he's been asked about this all day. And he had some very <laughs> quotable quotes, shall we say, including, at this point, I don't care about the man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. You had these beauties where he said, I'm trying to win. And to win, you have to have that relationship with your teammates. I do have that relationship with all of my teammates. But at the end of the day, our job is not to babysit somebody. We get paid to produce in the court, go out, play hard with some games, win some games, and that's what we get paid for. We don't get paid to come out here and try to babysit somebody. So that's not our job, and I'm sure my teammates feel that way. We're really just focused on winning and playing as a team. So he's basically saying, I don't know the guy anymore. I, I mean, plus, NBA has said that they haven't even talked since Ben has rejoined the team. So they haven't talked. He doesn't have a relationship with them anymore. He's like, do whatever you want and says, we're not here to babysit you. That does not sound like um, a situation that's going to resolve itself anytime soon and in a positive way. I, we all kind of thought this anyway, but when Ben reported to the Sixers, we wondered, is he just reporting to report? Will he actually play in games? What is going on here? And I think we have our answer. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't see any way where he can play with this team. I don't know exactly if they can just keep him away or what. And it's obvious, too, from Ben's standpoint, the only reason that he went and reported is just so he doesn't get fined. He wants his money. Now, he's already been fined a chunk. Um, I know that ESPN reported the Sixers have fined Ben $1.4 million for missing his four preseason games. And they've also levied numerous team fines for mispractices, on-court workouts, and meetings. So, you know, he's going to lose out on some money, or he already has, but he's trying to protect the rest of it. And that's what it's about this at this point. And um, we, we thought the situation was going to get ugly, and now we're at that point where now it is really getting ugly. Yeah. And uh, with no time to spare, too, the regular season starting off. Uh, Got some things to work out. And and I was dying actually laughing earlier um, <laughs> in our Slack channel. Ethan said that uh, Ben Simmons' misbehavior was the anti-Jimmy Butler practice. <laughs> um, That's because, a good way to put it. Because it was so, uh, you know, kind of nonchalant uh, saying, oh, yeah, he wasn't engaged. It was nothing like crazy 
uh, like taking third stringers and going ahead and <laughs> beating two of the top players on the team um, on the opposite end. But uh, the Ben Simmons stuff, it's it's pretty wild. Um, not so much unpredictable at this point, but still uh, the fact that it's happened this quickly. Uh, I mean, we saw him yesterday, uh, you know, in practice, we, you know, kind of going through the motions, um, you know, watching guys, you know, go through drills and he, he went through some, you know, there was some video uh, of him uh, participating in, in said drills. Uh, a lot of people thought that it was his phone in his pocket. It was, I, I guess uh, it was actually a practice Jersey, but that's not to the point. It's oh, okay. more about, oh. yeah. I just it's, it's, okay. No. Yeah. But it's, it's more about how, I mean, again, how engaged, how much, you got to do a job. You got to do your job, man. I mean, it, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. He was just yeah, going emotions. Yeah. You got to do your job. But well, it, here's it the was, thing I wonder yeah. about him too. Like, even if he was going to play for the Sixers or say he got traded tomorrow, like where's his head at when it comes to playing anywhere this season? You know, how long is that going to take to get situated? Is he in shape? Is he in basketball shape? Um, there's a lot of different things that go into this. I mean, it's, it's just an absolute mess. And we can all sit here and say, well, why didn't the Sixers let it get to this point? Why didn't they trade him early in the off season? And I think there's, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. And when I say blame from the Sixers point, I would say it from the framework of they have an asset and they want to try to get the most for the asset. If they're going to trade him, because Ben is a very good player. Um, now, did they misplay that? You can obviously make that argument. Um, but when it comes to the other side and Ben's camp, I think there's been a lot of things that have been misplayed, including the way that he's behaving right now. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like before, like it sounds like we're just going at Ben, going at Ben. I, I'm not, you know, uh, unaware of the fact that the Sixers put themselves in this position as well. So uh, it, it's it's double at fault here. Um and I think that all parties involved really screwed the pooch here. Um, but I'll go with Ben, though. Yeah. I'll go with him because he's a big baby. They, I mean, you, you can sit here and talk about, like, I want to get out of the situation. It's not good for me, okay, from, from the standpoint. I don't fit here. They tried to trade me. All these different things. Time for me to find a new home. Fine. But you've got to be a professional about it. And I wonder what kind of hit this gives his reputation because we all saw what happened in the playoffs last year and people already had questions about, did he check out? Did he quit the playoffs? All these different things. Right. And then now we see what's going on in his behavior. If I look at him and I'm just another franchise, I'm like, okay, do I really want this guy? I mean, will, will it all just magically turn around once he's out of that situation and he's here. And if I'm a fan base, I sit there and go, Okay, there was already a lot of question marks about this guy on the court, as talented as he is. But when it comes down to crunch time and is he going to get better, things like that. And then I see this kind of behavior. I don't know if I want that guy anywhere near my team. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't help his own case, as as we mentioned before. But uh, if they would have listened to me and just traded him to the Kings, you know, like I said, for Buddy Heald, for Halliburton, I mean, this will all be done, okay? I, I've been talking about this for, what, three months now? Two months? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this subject for what seems like five months, Brian. Uh, uh-huh. And that's why on our last episode, we referred to this man as who must not be named. 
but uh, he must be named today because he was majorly in news. And I got that update actually while I was at uh, Cleveland Clinic Courts today. Uh, we had a little bit of a um, reaction from Colin Sexton regarding the Cavs being unable to come to agreement uh, with his representation on a rookie extension. Uh, the, the report from Chris Fedor was that uh, Colin was looking for something around the $100 million area um, over five years. Um, and uh, it, it seems that the, the Cavs were not willing to meet that number. Um, so the, the situation goes as is. Uh, he will enter restricted free agency after this season, um, and the Cavs can match any offer sheet that comes his way. Uh, this is not necessarily goodbye for Colin Sexton in Cleveland, as some uh, may may think so. Uh, there are not many teams with cap space. Um, and plus, uh, the, the way that I look at it as well is uh, Jared Allen was not signed to a rookie contract extension when he was a part in Brooklyn. Uh, he did get traded. So that's also, you know, that's not off the table. Uh, Colin Sexton, you know, could end up getting traded uh, if the, the pieces don't fit the way that, uh, JB Bickerstaff and his 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 uh, coaching staff believe he'll fit with this this new philosophy with the the, the playing three seven footers on the floor. Um, you know, seeing where Isaac Okoro fits in all this. Uh, if maybe he's more of a natural two than a three, um, so that could definitely happen. But if Colin Sexton does uh, play for this team the whole way, uh, then I would not rule out them not bring him back because. You know, they're able to match any offer. Uh, Colin's going to be betting on himself, um, as he should. Um, but we'll see who's actually uh, you know, willing to shell out that money, depending on what his production looks like this year. So the number was basically around 20 per is what he was looking for. Yeah, which I think is more than, than uh, uh, fair uh, on that end, by the way. Yeah, I, I, I considered him somewhere around 24 to 25 based on I the production too. of his numbers. Yeah. Because I, I, that's what we had talked about before, and that's kind of where I valued him at. And it's mm -hmm. funny that they said they wouldn't even go to twenty. Yeah, no, that's the that's what the the report out there is saying. Um, you know, I can't confirm or deny that, but um, clearly they're kind of hitching their wagon onto Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, um, Isaac Okoro again, uh, somebody who's uh, trying to find his role in this team, especially. You know, now you bring in all these these outside pieces, uh, which I think will help. I think that will help their win total this year. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on Evan Sidery's Nothing But Nets podcast, Nothing But Bets podcast. Um, that was his first show, by the way. Go check that out, basketballnews.com. Uh, but it, I think that bringing in vets like Ricky Rubio, um, you know, uh, pairing him with Kevin Love uh, on the bench, that was one of their better lineups in the preseason. Um, I think you you have a, a certain amount of voices who have experience. They're still young, but who have experience like Jared Allen and Lowry Markkinen, uh, both four-year guys going into their fifth year, but they're in their early 20s. Like You don't find that very often other places. Um, and then you think about the young guys, the young core that they, they've, they've established together, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. Uh, these are players who have experiences now, like they're not necessarily like exposed to the real uh, rigors, you know, of the NBA as a winning team yet, but 
they've kind of gone through the gutter a little bit. And what what's different about this Cavs team, at least in my eyes, is that there's a little continuity now. Coaching staff's pretty much the same, uh, aside from Lindsey Gottlieb going over to USC women's team, bringing in Sidney Lowe from the Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, uh, shuffling out Nate Ranking from Canton and and putting Dan Giroux down with the, the Cleveland charge now. Um, I, I think that continuity and a certain sense of, of identity is something that they're going to be looking for here early on, which is not easy uh, with the schedule that they have. Uh, eight out of the first 11 on the road, going on a West Coast road trip starting, uh, you know, uh, after this weekend. Uh, it's not the NBA doing them any favors by any means. Um, but we were talking about uh, Cavs win total uh, being set around 27 and a half, 28 and a half. And, you know, I think that they could they could get an over on that. I don't think they're going to make the the playoffs or uh, be in the play in tournament, but I think they could be in contention for that 10th spot. Um, which I think is what they should aim for. And the feeling that I get too is that while they didn't come to a contract extension, tell me if I'm wrong from the feeling that you get, but like, you know, they worked towards trying to find a deal. There wasn't one there, but I don't think the two sides are too angry with one another. It feels like this was business. We tried to work it out. It didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. If you, and if you look at what Colin said um, today, and his expression said, he's not going to, uh, yeah, he's not going to change his approach. He's not going to leave his teammates hanging. He's worked too hard, uh, you know, with the, the the core of guys that he has for the past, you know, three years, four years uh, to to build something here. And, and now there's some finally a little bit of optimism around this team, uh, at least in internally. There is optimism um, and uh, he's not going to, you know, let this situation affect that. And and Jamie Bickerstaff's right. I mean, Colin Sexton isn't the type of personality to, uh, you know, cause a fuss. Um, I, I know that there are reports out there to the contrary, the anonymous scout coming out and calling him a, a bad name, like, uh, which, by the way, I think was completely unprofessional, uh, cowardly uh, to do that anonymously. Uh, but I, I think that this could be beneficial for all parties, too, because. Uh, the Cavs, just thinking from their perspective, like if, if Darius Garland takes the leap that people think he's going to take this year, if Evan Mobley is this franchise cornerstone that they're thinking about, then they do have to wonder uh, how much money they can shell out. And plus, you know, going out and getting Larry Markkinen, four years, $67 million deal, that the money's starting to, to pile up. Jared Allen's making $100 million over the next five years, um, which I think will look like an okay contract, by the way, um, once the the TV deal, you know, comes in and salaries boost up again. Um, but no, yeah, that, that's a, a good way to look at it. I think. Um, and, and Bickerstaff says too, uh, I mean, all parties involved will be happy uh, if, if Colin and if all the young guys can impact winning. And that was, that was pretty much the message on, on his end. But I did, <laughs> I did want to bring in an, another point too, though, unless you did have something to, to come. No, on. go ahead. No, I, I was just wanted to bring up, uh, another guy who didn't get extended yesterday uh, was the number one overall pick in the same draft class. Uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, was not given or uh, an extension to his, his liking. Uh, I believe the report out there was that he was looking for five years, 172. Um, and the other report is that the Suns wouldn't give him more than three or four years uh, of that maximum money. 
Uh, we'll see who's bluffing and and who's uh, really telling the truth here. But fact of the matter is, uh, DeAndre Ayton is a restricted free agent after this season if he's still a part of the team. And uh, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, the, the Suns just got to the finals. Uh, all the goodwill that was put towards this, uh, him sacrificing for the team uh, and, and, and really starring in his role uh, while putting his individual success and individual numbers to the side um, results in this. Uh, I think it leaves a little sour taste in the mouth. Um, and and Mikel Bridges said as much. You could look at on basketballnews.com. Evan Sider, he did a good job of, of rounding up the quotes from uh, Coach Williams and uh, and Mikel Bridges on the situation. Uh, but overall, really interesting uh, choice not to do so. And uh, a, a little anecdote here is uh, Anthony Bennett's the only number one pick since, I think, 2008 to not get a rookie max extension uh in that that fourth year i feel like that situation is a little bit different than what we got from uh sexton from the standpoint that the two sides are angry you know especially when it comes from yeah. eating you know, towards the team it doesn't mean that it's going to affect his play on the court or anything like that but i think the way that he looked at it is Look at everybody else in this draft class. I was the number one overall pick. You took me ahead of Luca. <laughs> you know, you took me ahead of some other very good players. And um, I have delivered. We went to the NBA Finals. And like you said, he has sacrificed different portions of his game, but he's done so to become a better player, too, not only to fit what the team needs. You know, this is the kind of player that he needs to be. And I look at it as... I think it's a little bit short-sighted from the Suns. And I know some people say like, oh, this is just Robert Sarver being cheap. And I don't think it really is. I think this is the franchise when it comes to the ownership and the front office looking at him and saying, I don't think he's a max player. I, I That's the way that I look at it more. I don't, there's been some talk and they don't even know like if the Suns really approached him and said, we'll do three-year max or four years max. I guess it was an idea that was kind of bantied around you know, in the front office. I don't know if it was ever really offered to him. Um, but it, it, the way that I look at it, though, is if you wanted to give him the max for five years, I would say it's a pretty good deal from the standpoint of TV money is going up. It's You lock this guy in at five years, and he's only 22 years old. He's only 22. Yeah. So, you know, by the end of this deal, it could look, you know, very, very good. Now I know that um, uh, they, the front office came out today and we're talking about like um, one of the other, you know, parts of this deal. They did an interview with the athletic and uh, the talk was um, if they had given him this deal, then he uh, couldn't be designated a certain way to trade. Sorry, I'm trying to look it up while I'm doing this, but so it says there's one element here that hasn't been discussed. If they gave Aiden the designated rookie extension like they did Devin Booker, um, that move would have limited their ability to pursue stars on other teams who have already been given designated rookie max deals because a part of the collective bargain agreement says that teams can't have more than two players on designated rookie max extensions. There you go. So that's one of the reasons why they did not want to do it either. But I think it also goes back to the point that you made about this offseason, because I think the way that the Suns look at this is going, hey, 
We don't know if you're a max guy, but there's not many teams that have cap space this off season. If somebody wants to offer you a max deal, this coming off season, we can just match it. So no harm, no foul from, from that standpoint. Like we, somebody wants to tie up their money for a couple of days that we'll just match it. Um, if not, we'll offer you an extension that will be short of the max or maybe by this time next year, it will be the max, but they can go through this whole thing again. It's just that Aiton wanted to get this tied up now. He wanted this done now. And instead it's going to drag on to next off season and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a situation too. Like you said, um, not quite the same amount of, of disappointment uh, with Colin than there is with, with Deandre Ayton. And you could just tell by the, uh, the Jersey where yesterday he was wearing an Alfred Payton Jersey. Pay Aiton. <laughs> oh man. And, 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 and uh, Aiton refused to speak with the media today. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. No. Well, so well, in other words, I mean, listen, needs, listen, listen to this more time to get his thoughts together. L- listen to this though. I mean, you know, uh, Mikel Bridges, four years, $90 million got paid. Landry Shamit, four years, $43 million just got to the team. So, I don't think they're being that, cheap. I, I think they're sitting there and they're trying to weigh the situation. Goes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who else but is going to give this guy a max? I think Aiton takes exception to that. that that's all I'm saying. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, I think that, so yeah. too, because he looks at the rest of that draft class and going, wait a second. Like Luca's gotten paid. Some other guys got paid. I was the number one overall pick. And mm-hmm. I've been to the NBA finals. These guys haven't been to the finals. When are the last time? I'm thinking. So Miles Bridges didn't get one. Yeah. We know that Marvin Bagley didn't get one. Colin Sexton didn't get one. Aiton didn't get one. Is there anyone else that I'm missing? Mo Bamba didn't get one. Mo didn't get one, but hey, we're, we're still riding the Mo Bamba train here. I, I I like I like what I saw out of Mo in the preseason and at the end of last year. You can go back into the archives of keeping it 94 if you really want to hear that. Um, That's why this season has okay. been dubbed Mo season, Mo Bamba. It's all about the Mo. It's all about the Mo. That's all, all the magic I'm riding on them this year. I just wanted to make sure we weren't missing any other uh, major non-extensions. No, no. Herter got paid. Um, Herter did get paid four years, $65 million. Grayson Allen got a two-year, $20 million extension. Um, Malcolm Brogdon in a very interesting move. Yeah, this one has nothing year. has nothing to do with any of the rookie extensions. It was just an extension. It was like came right. out of nowhere. He didn't even get a raise. Like I think he has two years left on his deal right now, and he got two more tacked on for forty five million. So twenty two and a half per. It was basically the same amount of money he was making, or right around that. So he has said, "I'll take the money right now," which is interesting because being a point guard and you look at the market for point guard around the NBA and there's a lot of money being thrown at point guards, but he said, uh, I'll take this offer right now and just tack it on to, you know, my current deal. There you go. And, and he cannot be traded this year. He cannot be traded this year. Now he's locked yep. in. So anybody that was floating over, uh, Simmons to the Sixers or Simmons to the Pacers and, and Brogdon, even though the reports out there are saying that the Sixers were not interested in a Brogdon package, which I have no idea why they wouldn't be, but uh, you could kill those. You can kill those. You'll uh, be traded to the Lakers or Westbrook. Dennis. No kidding. Whoa, Whoa. Getting juicy. 
Well, actually, Russ and Joel do not like each other from what I remember. So, no, I'd well, say he'd be big. traded to the Pacers for Brogdon. Oh, 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 I thought you said Ben. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Okay, gotcha. No, Brogdon I'm can't go kidding. anywhere. I'm kidding. He, yeah, that can't, that move can't happen. Yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, did we talk about enough drama? Is there any more drama left? Uh, I mean, what other drama we got? Well, we're going to talk about our predictions and everything for the season, but the, the only other, the only other drama that's left is Kyrie. Oh well, there's, gosh. there's two pieces of drama, but we can start talking about this now because this will lead us into our predictions because the nets are, you know, the favorites, the uh, gambling wise, you know, to win the NBA championship that those odds changed just a little bit now because of Kyrie's situation in that, um, he will not be with the team. He is not going to, uh, he wasn't going to be allowed to play for home games because of the rules in New York city. And he is not vaccinated. And now the team has said, uh, you are not going to play with us on the road either until you get uh, vaccinated. And they just felt like it was too much of a distraction and it was going to be weird them playing on the road and not playing at home. And they said, we're going to let this, you know, play out, see where it is. Now, by the way, I mean, Kyrie can do what he wants to do. Okay. I, I get this. And he's not anti-vax, but tell me if you think this is a little bit weird because I've always found this a little bit weird around this situation. And Kyrie, let's just say he's a deep thinker. I mean, he thinks, I, th- I think he's a very smart guy, um, but he thinks about things in ways that we don't always think about. But I, his reasoning behind this is because he wants to stand up for other people that don't want to get vaccinated and are losing their jobs. People that are in jobs, they say, their employer says, if you do not get vaccinated, you cannot be employed here anymore. And he's trying to stand up for you know those people that are put in that situation and don't want to be in, in that situation, right? Has he really come out and expressed this other than just kind of nonchalantly, you know, kind of said it? There hasn't been like, I'm going to get in front of the media and I'm going to explicitly point out this is why I am doing this. This is why I am taking this stance. And it's not because I'm anti-vax. It's because I am making a point and I'm standing up for other people. Like you have to dig deep to understand this. Cause it was something like you said in passing. And I was just like, just say it then express it. And I think the, the way that he did it was through his, his Instagram live. Um, that was like the only that, way the, to, yeah. Yeah, that Instagram live though, that was um, that was a whole lot of nothing. There was just there was just talking, but there was like nothing behind it. I, I think that he just wanted to get out there because the report came out from Shams, and then he just probably had to face you know face the camera and and say something before you know words got put in his mouth and stuff like that. Um, but I, I'm thinking about this from, from a Brooklyn Nets perspective now, uh, because we know that Kyrie, uh, is not likely going to, to play, uh, Steve Nash said as much, uh, Steve Nash definitely sounds annoyed with the situation. Um, you know, KD's commented on the situation, you know, like all all this stuff, uh, Harden says he hasn't spoken with him. That's interesting. Um, but but from a, a Nets perspective, uh, does this does this really um, affect this team as much as you think it will, or 
is this something they'll be able to overcome because of their offseason additions, another year together, um, and, and what have you? I still think they have to be one of the favorites because yeah. I saw what they did in the finals last year where you had, instead of having their three superstars, they had one and a half of them, basically. And <laughs> they were, you know, six inches away from making it to the finals. They were a KD. I was on the line away from going to the finals, you know? So to me, True. I think they still have to be, you know, one of the favorites. Now, mind you, they'd have a better chance if they had Kyrie, I think, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards for them, at least for the start of the season. And we'll see how long this, this goes on. And I mean, when it comes to Kyrie, this is a situation that I don't think he's going to budge. And I don't know, you know, when the rules and laws of New York city are going to change. Adam Silver thinks that they won't. He he he, yeah. he said that uh, the, the city seems pretty stern and and uh, and they're stand, not going to give him an exception on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, from that standpoint, I and I think that Harden doesn't want to talk about it um, because he doesn't want to make this into a bigger thing. You know, no. he doesn't want to make it into a Ben Simmons situation. I or a Harden situation. Yeah, he doesn't want to make it to a situation like we already went through, you know? I, You know what, though? I, I look back at this whole thing, and I'm like, man, it's just so weird from the standpoint that Kevin Durant left a franchise that people talk about being, you know, kind of a gold standard franchise in the Golden State Warriors and how great they were because he wanted to pursue something different, which is his right. He was a free agent. He decided to go somewhere else. He went to the Brooklyn Nets. He didn't want to go there alone, though. And the guy that you said he wanted to go with was Kyrie Irving, of all the people. He wanted to go with Kyrie, which I think raised some eyebrows. And now you see how this is playing out. I'm not saying, I don't know what this does to their relationship or, you know, what KD really thinks about this. But just from an outsider looking at it, it is kind of strange. But the Nets have done such a good job, I think, in shaping that roster that they still have to be one of the favorites because they have two of the top 10 players in the league. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree. And that's actually a perfect segue into uh, our good old season predictions. Uh, do you want to kind of just go down the line? Do you want to hit some things, uh, you know, piece by piece? How, how do you want to do this? Because I, okay. I'm interested. I don't think we've ever done a season predictions thing before. I've got uh, an together, idea for so. how to do this. So okay. Okay. I'm. Well, I'll, I'll let you pick, though. Do you want to start with the East or the West? Oh, God. It, it, mind you, it took me literally an hour to do the East yesterday because I could not. It, I did so much flip-flopping. I, it, it's so tough this year to pick the East. Like, there are a lot of talented teams. And the, the, the offseason just made it even more difficult to pick out. Like, ah, God, you're stalling. Do you, want to- Do you want to start the East or the West? You pick. No, you're going to pick. Fine, East, because it's, it's alphabetical order. Okay, we'll start <laughs> with the East. All right. <laughs> 15 teams in the East, and as we know, uh, there will be a play-in tournament again. So that means the top 10 teams will at least get play in or be in the playoffs. Brian's so excited uh, to do this. He picked 15, all, all 15. I could only I do the, 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 the play off and play in uh, teams. I couldn't go 15 straight rankings. You don't have couldn't to do rank. it. Okay. That's fine. Couldn't so, do it. Let's start this way. Okay. 
Name the five teams in the Eastern Conference that you have not making the playoffs or the play-in tournament. My five teams that are not making the play-in tournament are the Charlotte Hornets. I have them too. The Toronto Raptors. I do not have them. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. The Detroit Pistons. Yes. And the Orlando Magic. Correct. I have the magic of being the worst uh, record in the East. Maybe the worst record in the entire NBA. It might be. Yeah, it might be the worst in the NBA. That I have the like. Hornets, though, as the closest to make it. I had them at 11. I have the Wizards at 12. Cavs mm. 13, Pistons 14, Magic 15. There was a lot of going back and forth on this because I think we both like what the Wizards did this offseason. I love what the Wizards did. I do, love and, love and, and I want to put them in there, and I I just had a hard time. So, okay, um, so do, we only differ on, you have the Raptors not making the playoffs. I have the Raptors in, but okay. I have them in play-in. I have them at number 10. Okay. So now run down your top 10. My top 10 from 1st yes. to 10th. Yes. Drum roll, please. <laughs> see how different we are very very okay uh milwaukee bucks one mm-hmm. brooklyn nets two mm-hmm. miami heat three boston celtics four philadelphia 76ers five chicago bulls six atlanta hawks seven indiana pacers eight New York Knicks, nine. Washington Wizards, 10. We're not too far off. I have Bucks, Nets. Who is your third? Heat. I have Hawks. Celtics, four. Heat, five. Sixers, six. At seven, Pacers. Knicks at eight. Bulls, nine. Raptors, 10. Wow, Bulls in the play-in. Yes, Bulls in the play-in. All right. I we, no, we had we had some we had some differences there. there you have the Hawks is the third best team in the East, and I have them I, in the play-in. Wow. You I have, have them, them in the seven. The seven. I just I like what the Hawks have done last year. I think they're going to build on that. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't I love what they did. I, I, I just did too. I, I, I'm just going through this list and being like uh, there's a lot of good teams. <laughs> like there are. That, that's what I'm thinking to myself. A lot. And, a and lot there's of not good that teams. much difference, quite honestly. Yeah. Between the three seed and the seven, there. I don't think there's going to be much. It's going to be tight. You know, I. I just think that what we've seen for Trey Young and what we've seen for that team, and now not having the difficulty that they had to overcome at the beginning of last season when it came to the whole coaching situation. Oh, they've yeah. Got, they've got Nate McMillan there. They're steady going into this year. They've locked up some of their guys. I don't think there's really any drama there. They have a roster that's already worked together. I think that can get even better. And they've got movable parts. They have got pieces on that team that when the trade deadline comes and if they need to make a move, they can make a move. Same goes for the Celtics too, by the way. But exactly. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so we both agree with the, yeah. you had the bucks first and the net second. Yes. Yes. And this is regular season records. 
Correct. I don't so, have, I didn't, I, again, I, I didn't get like super in depth like usual. I didn't put records down. I didn't. Um, and, and stuff like that. So I, I'll no. actually, for those who are curious, I will screenshot what I have on my screen uh, and put it out there after we're done recording this podcast. How okay. about that? So, I mean, but I think we both agree like Coach Bud is going to run those guys a little bit harder. I think KD and Harden are probably going to get a few nights off, different things like that. And, I don't think the Nets are that worried about home court advantage. I don't really think the Bucks are too, but it's just kind of their mentality to where they're going to run hard, you know, well, and try to get, well, lock up the record. I, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I just think that Giannis is going to have a monster year with no pressure. There so, you go. I agree with that too. I agree. Now we'll get we'll get to our uh, other predictions sure. after that. But three, you had Miami. Miami. Yep. See, I had the lower at five. I think that they got screwed by COVID riddled season. I think that Kyle Lowry is a huge difference maker. And uh, I also think they weren't as bad as they were um, last year. I just don't. I might have them a little bit low because I can sit there and say like, okay, they need to pace a few guys, but you're talking about guys that don't want to be paced. Dude. It was literally a year. It it was literally a year ago that they were in the NBA finals. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But I mean, those guys, when you talk about Lowry and Butler, I mean, is Spolster really going to go to them and say, guys, um, I'm going to curtail your minutes here for the next couple of weeks. They're going to be like, right. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think <laughs> Which so. Which makes them all the better fit to have a good regular season record. Right. And <laughs> I, I say that, but for some reason I still had him at five. I mean, I just, I believe in the infrastructure of the Hawks and what they're doing. Like um, so I put the heat at five, but the Celtics, I had at four. And Very much who, so. And you had Celtics at four as well. I did. Yes. I, I, I just think finally that things have got to come together for the Celtics. They, they've got, they've got too much talent with their two young superstars. New head coach, Ime Udoka has been, been due for a coaching job for a long time now. He's been a very well-respected assistant for a while. Uh, I think Jason Tatum has another level he's going to get to. He's actually a dark horse MVP candidate for me. Uh, just a dark horse. I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I think that he he's getting there. Um, and then I'm curious to see what happens at point guard for them uh, with, with Marcus Smart running the show. I, I'm really interested in that. Uh, I love them bringing back Al Horford just to have a familiar face. I think Josh Richardson's a good sneaky little uh, wing pickup for him as well. Um, I, I just like what they have going on. And and I think that uh, Dennis Schroeder can have a big year uh, because he – well, one, there's there's nowhere to go but up. But but two, I think that he thrives in that six-man role. So I, I think that it's going to be a good fit for him uh, particularly and for his production, similar to almost to what happened – uh, when he was in OKC. Yeah, I think it's it's a better role. It's one that fits him um, a lot better, like you said. I think Horford being back on this team, and it's funny because we sit here and go, oh, man, he's looked like an old man the last couple of years. <laughs> but I, it, it sounds like he's moving around better. He's a little bit more motivated. He's in a situation where he knows he can win. That's familiar. Um, so I, I'd like his fit there. Um, you know, Time Lord getting the extension in the offseason, and let's see if he can make the jump as well. That's going to be a big part to what they do. So, yeah, we, we're both kind of high in the Celtics now. So, at six, I had the Sixers, and I wanted to put them lower, but then it's just like, 
I mean, I don't know what they're going to get for, for Ben or when that's going to get taken care of and whatnot, but I just had a hard time with Joel Embiid and how good he is. And they've got enough talent on that team to where like plenty, you know, they've got, they've got plenty. And to put them at six, I thought was dropping them enough. Yeah. I mean, I have them at five. I, I still love what they bring to the table with Joel Embiid. I think Tobias Harris uh, is definitely a better two man than, than being the, you know, third option. Um, I, I don't know. I like him a lot. I think Seth Curry's great. Um, Tyrese Maxey uh, have an opportunity to really step up. Danny Green still Danny Green. Uh, you know, every other year, uh, it seems that that he plays uh, to his capabilities as a three point shooter. At least uh, he's always very very uh, active on both ends of the floor. But yeah, um, there, there's lots of teams that would love to have Danny Green. Every, yeah, everyone could use a Danny Green. Um, I like their team. I do. I like their team. Um, and just because there's a little bit of drama going in here, I don't think, I don't think they're going to let it affect them because they have, they were already carefree before all this started. So it's like, not like it's hitting them out of nowhere, you know, like it's something they known has been coming. So I I don't see a huge drop off for them. And, and two, I'm not even mentioning, uh, I think having someone like Drummond to back up MB, that's, it's a good, it's a good backup. I I don't know, but have you seen Andre Drummond so far this preseason? Yeah, it looks like he ate Zion. He's a big guy. It's a big guy gets rebounds. He is big. (laughs) He's a big guy. He is proving that he is big. Matisse (laughs) Thibel can show me some, some stuff this year. That's, that's where I want to see. I want to see Thibel like take, you know, uh, you know, step up and we'll see what he does. You know, can, can he be more active, especially on the offensive end? Can, can his game progress there? Him and Maxie. Got to get out in transition. That's all. Yes. That's all. So at seven, I had the Pacers and I originally had them lower, but then I thought about a little bit more. I thought about the problems that they had last year with the coaching staff and then bringing Rick Carlisle back. Carlisle is just too good of a coach and they've got a lot of talent. And I think he can wrap his arms around everybody and kind of galvanize that team and get them back where they should be. Uh, so that's why I put them at seven because I, I love they them. were a team that I had to play in originally. And I was just like, I had to rethink the Pacers. They were the one team I had to think about a little bit more. Well, don't forget. I mean, th- these teams are still in the play in, uh, even, you know, you know, technically speaking, they um, are, but they were higher up. I mean, he they, I had to put yeah. them on the cusp of truly making it into the play. Right. No. So I had the Pacers at eight. Um, but this is, this, I think this is a good eight. I think this is a sneaky eight, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Just because of what Domas brings to the table, um, I think that uh, we're really going to see what what Bragdon and him are capable of doing as a one-two punch. Uh, they they've noticeably been running a lot of dribble handoffs out in the, the, the top of the perimeter, so keep an eye on that. Um, I want to see you know hopefully Karis Levert can come back healthy and, and look like Karis Levert. Uh, they, they, they're been a little bit better this year because he did not fit in. He looked like he was playing a different game than everybody. Get, last get, year. Getting traded midseason is really tough on guys. Yeah. Um, so I think having a, a training camp, at least, even if he hasn't been able to participate maybe as much or as hard as he would like to, uh, will will help. Uh, don't forget TJ Warren's still there. He, I mean, he's hurt. He's going to probably miss a good chunk of the season, but he's still there. Which, um, I wish, you know, that, I, I'd love to see them 
you know, full strength to begin the season because having those two guys, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a big deal missing on those guys. It is, it is. And then you go and think about how many uh, talented death pieces they have at the wing. Like Jeremy Lamb's a really good solid death piece. Uh, granted he can stay healthy. Justin holiday, I think is one of the more consistent players in this league. Um, you know, the, I, I like what they have. I do. Um, and, and that goes without mentioning, you know, Miles Turner is going to be trying to to play for something uh, here this year uh, to, to, with with a new coach uh, again. Uh, Rick Carlisle probably going to try to figure out the way to best play him with Sabonis and how to stagger their minutes and whatnot. So um, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, Rick Carlisle not not used to seeing a Rick Carlisle team lose. Uh, I think Lloyd Pierce being on that bench helps too uh, as an assistant coach. So um, I, I like him. I do. I like the Pacers yeah. a lot. So at eight, I had the Knicks. And you, I, where you have the Knicks at? Uh, nine. So okay. we're not too far off there. So we both had them dropping. And I just, I look at that team from last year and what a great story it was. But I do wonder, like, you get run into the ground at some point, you know, when it comes to Tibbs. And I think the East is just so competitive that it's going to be tough. I mean, I, like I said, I don't think there's much of a difference really between like a four seed and a nine seed in the East this coming season. I know. And it's going to be a I battle, just, man. It's going to be a battle. It is. I just wonder like, can they keep up that pace and playing, you know, that hard every night? I mean, Tibbs was playing hard in the preseason and he has said like, that's what I do, man. And I mean, I love that <laughs> mentality, but it's just like, you know, um, uh, at the same time, it's just like you wonder what kind of effect that's going to have on players at some point. I know that they went out and they got Kemba. And, you know, you look at the talent that he has. But he's still got the bad knee. I don't know how many games he's going to play. Hopefully, he can be healthy and he can play you know, as much as possible. But even if he is on the court, and even if he is healthy, he's still going to be a defensive liability. And that gets away from the identity of this team. And I think that that is going to have an effect on them between between his health and what he can do and if he gets exploited defensively on this team. Because if he's healthy, he's he's playing 25 minutes a night, if not more. I mean, it's not a guy that you're sitting there going, oh, we're only going to play him like 15 minutes. No. You know, we're, you know, no, no he's, he's a major part of your team. So I, I just look at it from that standpoint. Um, the guy that I'm most curious about, quite honestly, though, is I want to see how Randall – rebounds from the playoffs because we we all talked about what a great coming out party it was from last season and then the way that didn't you know translate in the playoffs so i want to see what he has done with his game you know because he's a guy that that's always going to play hard but i want to see what he does in the regular season you know coming off those playoffs where his mind's at and then i'd really like to see what happens come the playoffs next you know this coming season and if they make the playoffs of the playing game and see what he does differently yeah, no, and and I think the growth of RJ Barrett too is going kind of unnoticed. Um this is a real chance for him to to show that he can be uh a number 2 or a number 3 guy. Um and, and perhaps develop into something more because he's really young still. Um yeah. same with Obi Toppin. And I'm curious to see yeah. like does he get more minutes and where where does he develop? Yeah, and I mean They've got a ton of depth too. I quickly could be a, a sneaky six man of the year candidate along with Rose. Like, you know, you know, you don't know uh the the way that these rotations are gonna shake out. 
uh, Mitchell Robinson, which Mo Hamilton on basketballnews.com has written about, um, is somebody who who's really trying to prove uh, that he could stay healthy and be a, a, a contributor on, on a contending team like this. So uh, it, it's really tough, man. I mean, I know that we're almost done uh, with previewing our, our, our 10 here, but the East was impossible to pick, man. Like <laughs> impossible. You said four to nine, four to 10 could be separated by like five to six games. Like it's, Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough. It's real it's, tough. It's really tough. So you at number nine, uh, I had the Knicks where, at number nine. You, so at eight, you had the bulls. I had no, at eight, I had the Pacers. I had the bulls six and then oh, I had the, oh, the wizards oh, oh. 10. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering where you had the Bulls there. I, I lost track. So you yeah. had the Bulls at six, I and I've got them at nine. Nice. Um, there's just so many different variations. No, yeah, there's there's a lot of variation. Um, I, I I let the preseason change my mind. Damn it! Like, uh, oh. I did. I did. Uh, they just look like they're having fun. You know, it looks like they're kind of playing with this carefree attitude as well. Who's the um, starting point guard going to be? I mean, I would assume it'd, it'd have to be Lonzo. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be Lonzo, Zach, Damar, right now, Javante Green and uh, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and yeah, Patrick Williams as, as the four when it's not Javante Green. Uh, Alex Caruso coming off the bench, who already looks like will be a really solid piece. Um, I'm counting the days when he could be traded back to the Lakers. Troy Brown Jr. Like I, I like the team, man. I, I do. Uh, yeah, they were playing so up and down, like up and down, like transition game. If they do that, and and I'm also thinking to myself too. Now that I, I have second thoughts, and and you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and 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 maybe my original opinion's right about too many like-minded, like uh, like skilled players, but. Zach Levine, he's, he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid, and uh, we know that he's going to be a part of this free agent class. So he's in a contract year, so to speak, and he wants to make a pretty penny. He will be a free agent this coming offseason. Exactly. So yeah. that's all the more motivation for him. DeMar DeRozan, hell, he has motivation because he just wants to get a damn ring. Uh, yeah. I just wonder about Vucevic, ex, ex, No, I do. I know. I understand that. Uh, I think Lonzo is going to be an amazing, you know, perimeter defender for them. I think uh, Javante Green has shown uh, his chops on that end already. I think Alex Caruso is going to be going after steals like crazy. Um, I want to see when Lonzo and Caruso are on the court together because they're two guys that are defensive hawks. Now, mind you, did they play together in L.A., by the way? They they did maybe a year right. maybe a year yeah but it was very very early in their career Briefly. so okay. you know it was Caruso might have still been a two way guy you know so I maybe they did but um but just think of like trying to lock down backcourts um you know Lonzo's shooting is definitely will help that to where they can play together because you would think well they can't shoot that well together but Lonzo's become a much better three point shooter um but both of those guys don't look to shoot. They're both kind of pass first guys. Uh, so I'll, I'll be curious to see when those two guys are on the court together. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, I, just, I just wonder about defensively. And that's why I had them at, at nine. And there's that's, like that's so where, that's where parts. my initial, my initial yeah. 
concern was that. Yeah. But if they play fast enough, they're going to be really potent offensively. Like, so the la- yeah, yeah. The last yeah. one is you had the Wizards at 10. I did. And I have the Raptors. Okay. So I hate leaving the Raptors out of this, this conversation. I think they will be at the conversation. It could even come down to the last game for all we freaking know. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Raptors being at home, uh, good vibes. Scotty Barnes looks like he... He already belongs uh, just watching off preseason. Um, you know, Pascal Siakam is going to be coming back with a vengeance now that, uh, you know, there's no more distractions. Fred Van Vliet. Um, I think they do miss a, a vital leadership piece with Kyle Lowry, but I think that that's the mantle that Fred Van Vliet's going to take over. Um, you haven't even oh, mentioned basketballnews.com's favorite player. OG Ananobi. Yes. Uh, in, in line for a, major production uh, uptick, which is putting him in a lot of the uh, most improved player conversations. Um, I, I think that they're going to have a, a, a tremendously better season. I don't know if it results in what they want. You know, a, a lot of these top five teams, that, these teams that pick, t- pick in the top five uh, end up back in the lottery the year after. It's just, it's just a fact. It's a fact. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, think that the wizards have the edge in this situation because of the experience that they bring to the table. Uh, and also, you know, they have a new head coach, a little bit new blood. Um, I think they have the best player between the two teams. They do. They do. Uh, his name is Bradley Beal. And uh, you have, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's trying to, to, to prove himself as well. Um, I think you have, uh, where they say hell hath uh, n- no wrath uh, like uh, a uh, old player scorned, right? So something like that. Something like that. I, I tried to screw screw with the uh, phrase a little bit, but you got you know, that. Mon- I can't Montrez- remember the son's GM's name, so hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope. These are guys that are going to want to play and show that they should not have been treated. Oh, Montrez um, Harrell definitely wants to play because oh, he feels yeah. like he didn't play last year. Hey. You know, there's already a little war of words going. I'm sure that you have a uh, calendar marked for the Wizards-Lakers game uh, whenever the first one is between them. Kyle Kuzma uh, almost put a deposit down on a house in Sacramento before he figured out he was going to D.C. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Kuzma, big bounce back year for me as well. Like, I yeah. like what they got going. And, and you know, I want to see what, what Denny Avdia is capable of doing uh, after he comes back from injury. You know, like, I... I think that they have some solid, solid uh, pieces there. Uh, maybe it won't be all put together this year, but I think that they could certainly contend for a play-in spot. I think they're going to be right there too, and I like what the Wizards did. We've talked about this before. The only the difference to me was well, a couple of things, but number one, the Wiz have been so bad for so long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I got to see it before I believe it. And the <laughs> other thing is too, I believe in Nick Nurse. And I just believe in what he can do as a coach. We've seen that before with the Raptors. We've seen it, you know, and, and yes, they're missing that big piece with Cal Lowry, you know, in that leadership role. But I think that he loves his team and that the, he can get them to do things defensively that he wants. I think that um, there's a lot of interchangeable parts as well. Um, and I just think it's a team that he's going to really enjoy coaching. So I, I just, 
I believe in that a little bit more than the Wizards, and that's why Fair. I put them in rather than. And I wanted to put the Wizards in. I was looking for any way, and I just said, you know what? It's been so long, and and I hope the Wizards can break through and get that streak out of the way. But I got to see it first, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> I I, I want to ask. Uh, well, one, I, I picked the Wizards because I actually think the defensive end of the floor is where they're going to come. A, a little longer away because they have some wings now and they have yeah. a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little resistance. Finally, a little, tough, I mean, a, a little nasty about them. If you will, you got uh, Kuzma like, who's become much better defensively. You got KCP who's out there. Um, so yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. And, and not to mention too, uh, you know, you have Daniel Gafford who just signed his, uh, extension yesterday, uh, late, late yeah. evening. Yeah, Hachimura who is, you don't prove so much defensively too. So exactly. And no one even talks about Rui Achimura. See, they they've got plenty of depth. This is why I like they this do. team. They do. Uh, and, and you know, there's probably some Hornets fans that are angry at us because we are leaving them out of the picture. We are. And they were tough as well because they were a team that, you know, you sit there and you go, well, LaMelo ball is going to be better. And you know, they can be a little bit healthier this year than they should be in. But I just think they're a player too short player too short. That's pretty simple. Is, is that player particularly maybe Devontae Graham? No? Yes? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I like I like them going out and getting out, uh, you know, getting Kelly Oubre Jr. I think Mason Plumley was a, a decent ad for them, a team that's, you know, had a revolving door at the number five position. Um, I mean, they're probably going to play P.J. Washington there quite a bit, I would assume. Uh, but I still think they're a little young. I still think they're a little young. They are young too. And I mean, Gordon they, Hayward does make a difference there though. He don't, does. Don't get me wrong. It's just, he's got to stay healthy, obviously, you know, yeah. they, they've got some different pieces. And I want to see what book Knight does. You know, he's a rookie, so you don't want to put too much on it, you know, and you know, you got miles bridges, but I, I, I still think they're a player too short. I wonder if they, you know, even though they just gave him the extension, like where they're at when it comes January, and would they be willing to move Terry Rozier? Because that I think that he is a guy that they could definitely get something for, and he would have value around the league. I would love Terry to go to like Boston, the Clippers. Yeah, that, that that, would, that, I say that I was. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm like, who could use right. a scorer? Well, right I now? said, I said Boston. I think, I think Terry's going to have a fight. great year. By the way, I do. Too. I, do. I, I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's bringing to the table, but I mean, so the, there's our 15, there's our East. The biggest difference we had, I think was the, I had the Hawks third. You had them. Uh, seventh, seventh. Seventh. Okay. Yeah. So that was probably our bigger difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you had the bulls ninth and I had them uh, sixth. Yeah. So that, that, that's pretty much the biggest uh, differential right. there. Let's well, go. I was going to say, we, 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 we did not really buzz through the East, but that's okay. Uh, this is what we're here to do. We're here to preview the NBA season because that's yes. what's going to happen we here. Go a little bit quicker, uh, but I mean, if you, all, no, I mean, I, I like this out, pace. Yeah. I like this pace though. I mean, and, and, and like, you know, the, the game doesn't start for another two and a half hours. I'm not going to be here for two and a half hours, but no, I think no, we can no, take no. our good old time and enjoy uh, what we're talking about here. So, but I mean, these, like you said, it that that was tough to kind of figure tough, out. I mean, there's, man, there's tough. not going to be much difference between it. So let's let's go to the West. Let's do the same drill. So we're going to have right. five teams. I won't even make the play-in tournament. 
Give me those five teams that do not make the playoffs. Correct. Or the play in or the play in. Okay. I'll try to do this in order as well. Mm. We'll try. We'll try. Sacramento Kings. Ding. The San Antonio Spurs. Ding. Oh, actually, I recant. Sacramento <laughs> is a ding for me. I have them playing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, you already spoiled it. You already spoiled it. Okay. Sacramento Kings. San Antonio Spurs. Yep. New Orleans Pelicans. Yep. Oklahoma City Thunder. Yep. Houston Rockets. Yes. So the difference that we will have in our five, you have the Timberwolves making the play-in tournament, and I have the Sacramento Kings. We got a barn burner possibly happening there. (laughs) What a mess. What uh, so I mean, but I mean, we we agree. I mean, the Spurs, I think, are the the team that people are going to look at and go, "Whoa!" You don't even have them making the play in, but I still think they eclipse thirty wins. I I, I do. Yeah. I, I I said it on Evans Nothing But Bets podcast earlier. Uh, there's just nothing about a pop team says to me uh, the tank, you know, or or and they're going to spend time on developing. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I still think they have enough pieces to be competitive. I do too. It's just, I don't know what to make of that roster. Yeah. It's a fair question. And the Pelicans are the other one too, that stands out. And let's get into this right now. No boy. I think the biggest question mark around the Pelicans is the health of one Zion Williamson, because we show up for media day and just like off the cuff, it's like, Oh, by the way, Zion is recovering from foot surgery had in the off season. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Like this was kept under wraps. And then what's the talk is like, Oh, we hope to have them, you know, for the beginning of the season. And then, you know, less than a week before the season, it's like, oh, I didn't mean at the start of the season. I mean, at some point in the season or early in the season, because Zion's still recovering. He hasn't even started running yet, and he's having more scans on his foot. That for a guy that's already had plenty of lower body problems early on in his career. And then to hear this and to know how careful they want to be with him to make sure he gets back to full health. This is a massive red flag to know that he's not going to be there for the beginning of the season. Even when he is cleared, he is way out of shape right now. And he's not even running. You're talking about a guy that's six foot six and he's probably close to 300 pounds right now. So I don't think we're going to see Zion even for the first month of the season. You which know, will I put him behind, which will put him behind in the West, behind. which is particularly probably why I have him here. Because I, I do like Brandon Ingram. I think Jonas Valanciunas being a part of that team too um, was a you know a little kind of an underrated uh, pickup for them. Um, Devontae Graham can score. We know that. Um Trey Murphy's looked at excellent in preseason, not missing threes at all. Um, like Najee Marshall, like, like I, I like them, but they're in the I West. I don't think they have they're enough in the talent. West. They've they're screwed the some things up. I mean, look at what they had to do just last season. So they went and they got Steven Adams, and Eric Bledsoe, which everybody questioned. And then they dumped them this off season going, my bad, got to get them out of here. So they did that. Um, they let Lonzo Ball just walk for nothing. 
for nothing for whatever reason, even though his teammates really liked him. They liked playing with him. But for whatever reason, they did not see him in the future franchise, so they just let him walk. I think that they are going to get off to a really bad start. I think it's going to be a really, really rough season. There's going to be a lot of talk about what's going to go on with this franchise going forward. And, you know, every year we talk about, like, who is a dark horse, under-the-radar star that could be traded during the season? And to me, that guy's Brandon Ingram. Because I look at this team and I'd want to have him there as a building block. I do wonder if there's going to be a part where they just say, we're so bad right now. We can get something for him. And maybe he's going to be frustrated. And I don't know if he's the kind of person that would say, get me the hell out of here. But I just, I, I, I think if they're struggling, there's going to be a lot of teams circling them and saying, who can we pick off from this franchise? Who can we get right now that can help our team? And Brandon Ingram, uh, to me, is a guy that really stands out that I think a lot of teams are going to look at if this team struggles for the first half of the season. Spicy. Spicy, Brian. Spicy. Can we go down 1 to 10? Do the 1 to 10. Give it to me. Do the 1 to 10. All right. Number one, the Utah Jazz. Number two, the Los Angeles Lakers. Number three, the Phoenix Suns. Number four, the Golden State Warriors. Number five, Denver Nuggets. Number six, the Dallas Mavericks. Number seven, the Memphis Grizzlies. Number eight, the LA Clippers. Number nine, the Portland Trailblazers. And number 10, the Minnesota Timberwolves. You're going to love this. Is it, is it exact? We are almost exact. Oh, wow. We are not that far apart. Quite honestly. Okay. Any, team, any teams that we have, I think, are only one apart. Well, see, you that know, makes sense, though. That makes sense, though, because that, this is a good, good reason to do this exercise. We know how yeah. difficult the East was. That's why we're so different and far apart in the East. The, the West, mm-hmm. I feel like you can pick, uh, pick, pick a little bit. I don't know. I have the jazz number one as well, because I love the chemistry and bringing everybody back and and whatnot. At two, you have the Lakers. Mr. Laker fan over here does not have the Lakers at two. I have the Phoenix suns at two. I have the Lakers at three. Okay. Four. I also have the golden state warriors. Oh, wow. Which I thought was really going to be a standout. And then you did the same thing. Um, (laughs) I also have the Nuggets at five. I also have the Mavericks at six. Here's our biggest difference. Okay. You have the Grizzlies at seven. I have them at nine. So play in tournament. Um, Mine are seven Clippers, Blazers at eight, Grizzlies nine, Sacramento 10. Oh, I'm going to come back to eat that Sacramento one. (laughs) Dude. That one's going to bite me. It was either you know, you, know the, you know me and the Kings. You know me and the Kings. You know I love my Kings. I know. But it was it came but, down to them or the Wolves, and you went to the Wolves. and I, I went with the Wolves because I like Chris Finch. I like Chris Finch a I lot. Too. I Trust also me. like that they have Malik Beasley back. I think Malik Beasley's in for a huge year off the bench. Um, 
D'Angelo, if he buys in. Like, Anthony Edwards, another season. Cat, you know, with all the Trust me, I'm already, I'm already regretting this in my mind, but I've already said it, so I'm not going to take it back. I know, I know. And I, I, lo- I love De'Aaron Fox. I think they need to figure out the Buddy Heald situation, for goodness sake. Um, do I know if Luke Walton makes it through the year? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that might he's be definitely another, on the hot seat. That might, you know, that might be part of the reason that I didn't do it. Oh, you know? by the way, can I, I know it's not a member of our website and everything. I'm going to give him a plug anyway. You want a spicy one? Steiny Mo, Mark Stein said, the guy to watch on the hot seat coaching wise in the Western Conference, Frank Vogel. Hmm. He has said, with a roster like that come a lot of expectations. David yeah. Fisdale's on that bench, right? Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think of, of who's is, who's in line there. Is, well, not Ooh. Jason Kidd anymore, I'll tell you that. I was gonna say uh, I'm trying to think on who's the who's on the uh the bench for them now. Oh, uh by the way, we have breaking news. Would you like to guess the starting lineup for the LA Lakers and their opener tonight against the Warriors? Oh geez. Uh as dumb as this is. Is Wayne Ellington the two? Considering that he's injured and out tonight, no. I see that I'm way off. My bad. No, he is he is out. Um, I believe Malik Monk is going to play though. Uh, okay, the yeah, starting yeah. lineup will be, I think you can guess three of them. Yeah, I, I think so. I, Russell I, Westbrook, I think we- LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Okay. Um at two guard will be Kent Bazemore. Makes sense. And the other person on the lineup will be another center because Anthony Davis is not starting at center. It'll be DeAndre. Do, oh, it's DeAndre. I told you. I told you that was going to happen. I told you that's two weeks I ago. Thought, I thought Dwight would be starting. No, no, no. They like him off the bench. They like okay. you know they they like him punishing other teams off the bench. That's what they did when they had him before, and they're going to do it again. They're playing a. They're playing a center against Golden State. Interesting. That's the really interesting thing. I interesting. Think too, because I I think if Ariza had been healthy, they would not have done that. Or, but you know they're banged up to start the season. You know Ariza's hurt. Um, he's going to miss two months. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's going to miss at least a month. That's who um, I should have should have guessed was, was going to be their guy. So oh, and then Wayne Wayne Ellington is going to miss you know a game maybe two I think he's got was it a hamstring injury or something, um, you know Malik Monk was dealing with a hamstring but he's going to play I believe, um, but yeah they're they're a little bit dinged up and Carmel Anthony <laughs> I love that he got asked the other day like what do you expect on opening night he goes you know it's all going to come together and he goes probably not but by the end of the season we'll all be there <laughs> I was like, there's some brutal honesty right there man I was like wow. Well, shoot. I mean, it was breaking news, but let's let's go through the 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 teams. And I mean, uh, you know, kind of go off of uh, of the Lakers. You know, I, I think, yeah. um, like I said, I had them number two. So we'll do this in opposite order. But just since we're already on the Lakers, um, we both had the Jazz as number one, and I think that's yeah. just a continuity, you know, kind of a thing. You know, everybody's still there. The infrastructure and it is, whatnot. and I I think that you know, bringing in the the more depth for them as well. I, I love, uh, you know, having the, the pieces that they brought in um, over the last like couple years, honestly, um, you know, Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson, I think make for a great, 
off the bench team. I think Bojan Bogdanovic is is excellent. Mike Conley, when he's healthy, um, is really really solid at organizing things. Donovan Mitchell, we still you know haven't talked about Donovan Mitchell enough. I don't think. I think he's uh, in for a really really big year, and he's just really good at what he does. And then they bring in Rudy Gay. They bring Rudy Rudy Gay over there, um, and he's going to play center like in some small ball lineups for them. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and we'll see. Well, you know, Eric Pascal was a nice little sneaky pickup for depth. Um, and one of Donovan Mitchell's best friends. And maybe we'll, we'll see a little bit of Jared Butler there off the bench too. Rookie that some people didn't think he was going to even play because of a, a, a heart condition. So like, I, I think that the, they, they kind of go unappreciated if that, if that kind of uh, goes with the theme a little bit. Yeah. So number two, you had Phoenix and I, no, uh, no, 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 no. Me, you I had the Lakers, Lakers and I had yes. Phoenix. Yes. So, um, and, and obviously we both like Phoenix a lot. And I know we talked about the Aiton situation. I don't think that's necessarily going to spill out onto the court or anything like that, but just to see what they were last year, Booker could take another step forward. I think Aiton could take another step forward having a uh, bridges, you know, there and, you know, he gets locked up and everything that he can do. And obviously them, you're bringing back Chris Paul. If this team stays healthy, uh, they're going to be right there at the top of the West. They're a major contender. And I, I just like them because of the chemistry and everybody coming back together. That's why I put them ahead of the Lakers when it came to regular season record. Yeah. And coach Monty too. Uh, coach yeah. Monty's huge in all this, just tying everything together. Um, yeah, no, they just have a, a really good synergy. I think is, is a good word to put theirs. Um, you know, and again, the depth that they have, um, you know, campaign coming off the bench, bringing in Landry Shamit. I think JaVale McGee was a huge pickup for them. In addition to what they already had with the continuity and their core growing together, I think that's a really good, really good, good mix. Yes. Now, when it comes to the Lakers, I just wonder, and I know that their schedule benefits them to start the season just because they play a lot of home games at the first half of the season. But I just look at them and say, man, there's just so many new parts and so much work to be done chemistry wise. And I know I don't put too much stock in the preseason. They went 0 and 6 in the preseason. <laughs> and it, that is what it is. Okay. They don't care about no damn preseason. They don't. And you know what? It, there's two things the season comes down to. Number one, obviously, health. If, I mean, if Anthony Davis had been healthy in the playoffs, we might be talking about the Lakers winning back-to-back championships or at least them making the NBA finals. I mean, they were a huge threat to Phoenix, you know, and I'm not saying Phoenix didn't deserve it going to the finals, but there's a lot of question marks would have happened if, if AD had stayed healthy. Um, and obviously if LeBron had been healthier because he was still nursing an injury too. Um, but if they can stay healthy, that's going to be massive. And the other thing is what happens with their defense? This is a defensive team. We did not see any defense in the preseason. None. Zip. Zilch. It was none. So is this team going to buy in on Frank Vogel's schemes? Are they going to play hard on that end? Because the offense is what it is. I know people are going to pick them apart going, oh, they don't have enough shooting and they don't have enough this or enough that. They've won a championship already with having that problem. Yeah. But they were the best defensive team in the league. They were the best defensive team in the league last year believe it or not. So that's, they need to be a top five defense. And yeah, if you're going to play the half court game, yeah, you're going right. to need that. That I mean, 
and it's going to be a lot of work to get there because you do have Russell Westbrook and you know what he's going to do. And then uh, what's going to happen with some of these wings. I think the wings are a big, big, you know, part of this. And then you've got THT who they expect to be better defensively this year. He's out injured for the first month. You've got Trevor Ariza. He's out for the first two months of the season. They're expecting him to be a big defender on the wing. They lose Cal Kuzma. They lose, you know, KCP. So, What's this team going to look like defensively? And I just think it's going to take a little while for them to get to that point. I still think they're going to be uh, the third best team in the West, but I think it's going to take a little while. And there's going to be a lot of headlines like, what's going on with the Lakers? Where are they only 500? It's going to be like when LeBron joined the Heat. That's the way I kind of look at it. It's going to be like that. And then we all get out of their system and the chemistry grows. And then um, they kind of, we, we see a play out on the court and they'll improve. Okay. All right. I, 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 I would love to kind of bookmark that just to see like when we get to January and the <laughs> Lakers are like 13 and 15. <laughs> like I just, I just want to see, like have that Brian clip ready to go. Oh no. Lakers are 500. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing that happened in Miami. I believe. Remember when, yeah. when the, where were they? Nine and nine or something like that. And like, and they thought that like LeBron pushed, uh, Spolstra, like, oh my God, what's going on in Miami? You know, and then things played out. And next thing you know, they were in the finals. So yeah. that's, but you know, the talent's there. I mean, having a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis can overcome a lot. Yeah, no, they can. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it can. So we both had the Warriors at four. Yes. I, yes. I, th- I, I think there's I was- good, I think there's good mojo surrounding that team. I think I there's too, good mojo. I, I thought I was being sneaky by putting them there. And then you did the same thing. No, I think there's some real good mojo around that team. Um, you know, well, one, Steph, always an MVP candidate. But, uh, you know, you look at the the development of, of a Jordan Poole, right? Um, you have Draymond Green still around and, and hopefully healthy. Saw that Draymond and Andrew Wiggins are already going to be on a minute restriction. That's a little interesting. Maybe there's something a little bit more there. But um, bringing back Andre Guadala just even as a vocal leader and, and someone in the locker room, I think, is huge. Uh, Nemanja Bailitsa, I think, uh, as a stretcher of the floor. Otto Porter, who's who's out there to to show that that he still has plenty left in the tank and, and is on uh, this prove-it deal. I think there's real good mojo, and we're not even mentioning Clay Thompson, who's hopefully going to be coming back uh, sometime in the next you know few months. Um, there's good mojo for them, uh, and I think that you know that, and you know the development of James Wiseman, uh, who's who's determined to be you know this big big contributor uh, at some point. I, I like what they have. JTA JTA is is one of the most underappreciated. Uh, wings, I think, in the NBA, because um, he's because he doesn't have the sexiest play, but he is somebody that gets the job done, almost a la a, a Royce O'Neal type or a, a Tory Craig type. I think that's what uh, JTE kind of brings to the table. Uh, so, well, Jordan Poole, we'll I think, is just so big for this team and seeing his development because we we saw him improve last year. And is that for real? Is he going to continue to progress? We're going to see more steps forward from Jordan Poole because that's my man be, brought out the gun in the preseason. Yes. And then I think he's going to be, I, I think he's ready for it. And especially as we wait for Clay to come back, he is going to have such a big role. But then what's his role going to be once Clay does return? And 
you know, there's so many different questions about even when Clay is going to be back because we've heard January, we've heard around Christmas. There's been some sneaky talk that maybe it could be Thanksgiving or something like that. I, 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 I tend to think that's probably a little bit early. I, I, I think. And they'll I ease the him into, they'll ease him in. He's yes. probably not going to be playing regular minutes, probably until like 15 minutes January, yeah. late January, February-ish. Probably. So that's I what mean, I would say. But I, I think we could see him around Christmas. But like okay. you said, I think they will ease him in. But in the meantime, I think Poole um, is just going to have a big, big role with this team. And, you know, you mentioned some other guys, you know, when it comes to you know, Bielitsa and Porter. You know, are they going to be, uh, are they going to stay engaged and are they going to stay in shape? Because that's been a couple of big things for them, except especially with Porter. And he looks like he's in much better shape, you know? And, you know, if he's in shape and still hitting those corner threes, you know, Bielitsa, you know, you know, causing some mismatches out there. I mean, and this team plays the defense like they did last year where they were a top five defense, um, you know, built around Draymond Green, but everybody else is kind of out there, Hustling and doing. Kevon Looney is a huge part of that too. Yes. So I mean, mm-hmm. if they could do that, that's why I looked at them, and I I think there is a lot of you know kind of good vibes around that team, and that's why I had them fourth. Uh, yeah, and and that's funny that that, that was a surprise too for you. <laughs> um, did you have the Nuggets fifth as well? I did. I did. Okay. All right. Um, reasoning for me, uh, Nicole Jokic is still. You know, he's coming off of an MVP season. Um, A lot's going to be asked of him. A lot's going to be asked of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think Aaron Gordon will also have uh, the brunt of this load uh, offensively for this team. Um, But I still think they're a damn good, good club. I think that they're well coached. I think that the continuity helps. Um, We'll see how quickly they get Jamal Murray back. But they showed last year that, you know, even without Jamal Murray, uh, they they were able to be a very significant um, out. So I like them. Uh, I think the addition of, of Jeff Green is huge. I think uh, bringing in someone of his caliber, uh, especially, you know, off the bench and, and having that leadership uh, type of player is huge. Uh, I think Will Barton is in for a production uptick because of the missing Jamal Murray. Love Monte Morris. Uh, somebody doesn't turn the ball over. Somebody who can be a maestro of, of an offense and at least you know get things running. Um, mention your and, guy. And, and, come on, mention your guy. Come on, Campazzo. Come on, come on. Yeah. Mention your guy. I love Faku. You know I love Faku. But man, <laughs> you, you know those teams are not going to like when they're going against Faku and Bones Highland because Bones was the talk of the town in the preseason. Just his infectious energy, uh, the the positive vibes. The, the way that he just carries himself and is such a good team player, impactful, uh, you know, a microwave scoring type. Um, really, really uh, fun dude to follow. So keep an eye on Bones. We'll, we'll see like where Austin Rivers is uh, too in this, this situation. PJ Dozier uh, as well, huge part of this team. Uh, but I want to see if Bones can crack this, this rotation, uh, you know, more than expected before uh, the preseason started because Michael Malone's been talking up and up and up about this kid. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about Michael Porter Jr. Who got his extension, you know, we know he's a max guy, you know, and kind of, we've seen how good that he has been already. And can he take that next step? Um, and part of that, I think is going to be what he does defensively. 
you know, can Aaron Gordon fit in a little bit better? Like, you know, we didn't see very much from him in the playoffs, but yeah, they've given him that extension. Where does he fit with this team? And it's going to, a lot of this is going to be down to, you know, when Jamal Murray comes back and that that's just such a huge question mark. And this is a team that, you know, we both put at five, but I don't know how you feel, but I mean, I could see them, you know, as high as three or two. I, I, I can really see them could. as high as three as well. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, and I and I do think that they are a team that you have to take as a serious threat to be, you know, coming out of the West. Mm-hmm. Oh, always, always, never, never doubt a Michael Malone coach team in this situation. Yeah. I don't. So we so. both had the Mavericks at six. Yep. And I wanted to put them higher. And I can't. I can't. I can't with I'll, the co- new I, coaching I, staff. I can't. I, I can't. I don't it. know. I don't know who outside of Luca and possibly KP is going to be able to take over a game or microwave score a game. I love Tim Hardaway Jr. I really do. And he had a tremendous playoffs and a really good showing too last season. But I don't know if that's sustainable. Uh, you know, do I know if Jalen Brunson's going to take that leap? I, I know that Reggie Bullock's going to help from a spacing standpoint and shooting threes uh, and, and playing some solid defense. I did like that pickup. Don't get me wrong. I just, I need to see it first before I believe. Yeah, and, and that too. That yeah. too goes for KP because KP had a decent preseason. Right. Um, that's what I think it's all about. Is can, can KP stay healthy, and is he going to fit with Luca? Because obviously, they're not exactly best buds. And it doesn't mean that you know you don't, you don't have to be best friends or anything like that to you know play well on the court. But I think there was between all the things that went on last year for KP being banged up, I just didn't think he fit very well and they've got to find a way to make them fit where they can coexist on the court and um he has to buy into some of that um hopefully he is healthier because then we can see what he can do defensively and get back to like what we saw with him in the bubble you know because he was a terror there and that that's when he's really good you know and we didn't see any of that last year and i think it's just because he's banged up but the biggest wild card on this team is, like you said, is coaching. Jason Kidd is getting another opportunity. He's getting his third chance in the league. And people are trying to say, like, well, he learned a lot from the Lakers situation. Being on that bench with Frank Vogel and kind of taking a step back and reassessing a lot of things. And, you know, he got a stamp of approval from Carlisle. So we'll see how he is going to be different. Um, and are his players going to respond? You know, when you have Luka, you have a chance, obviously. But I, I'm with you. I still think there's a lot of question marks talent-wise with this team and coaching-wise. And, and and secondly, too, man, I, I just – there were some quotes that, that kind of took me the other way with Jason Kidd as, as far as uh, – Playing JP at the four? Three-point shooting and, yeah, and, you know, a big man can always be on the floor. And, and, and I understand that thinking. I do. But not when you have the roster constructed the way that it is right now where – all the pieces are you're playing off a of Luca. Like, right. I, I don't know that you built a three point shooting team, just adapt to that personnel rather than to your own liking. Like that, that's a thing too, about coaching that it's a, another talk for another day, but adapt to your talent just because you have your own philosophy and your own way of thinking the game. Doesn't mean that your roster thinks the same way or is adept to the same way that you think. Yeah. Always, always tailor your strategy to your talent. 
So here's where we have a little bit of difference, but not huge. So at seven, I have the Clippers. You have the Grizzlies. Yep. I know that Kawhi is probably going to miss the entire season, or at least a huge chunk of it. I still kind of like what the Clippers have to offer when it comes to Paul George. You know, can he still be a massive superstar and everybody can kind of play off of him? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so, I mean, I don't think they're really contenders, but I don't think they're, you know, they're not going to be a top four team either, but I still think that they're a playoff team. I do too. And they're, you know, a team that's definitely going to be in the play-in tournament. Yeah. It's just, like I said, I think there's not going to be much difference between like a seven and a nine. You know, so we're talking maybe a difference of like four or five games at most, even mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. they're they're right there. I mean, they still got and you know, I want to see are they gonna be able to make some moves, you know, when it comes to that roster and, and how can they can build off of last season. No, a hundred percent. Um I don't think they'll make any like huge win now moves like during the season. I really don't. Um, I think that that's coming in the off season once they get Kawhi back. And you know, Kawhi, yes. you know, he got his extension. So I mean yeah. Oh, yeah. He's taking I mean, care they're, of. They're 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 locked up. Mm-hmm. You know. So no, no, I no. this season for me with the Clippers, I think, is about the development of Terrence Mann. I've talked about it up and down and up and down on past podcasts. Uh, I think they're going to put um, a lot on his plate. Other other than Paul George, obviously being the head of the snake. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. Along with that, I think Terrence Mann's going to increase his production. Obviously. Reggie Jackson's going to have um, quite a bit on his mantle as well. Um, and can he play I, I like, like he did last year in the playoffs? Yeah, which is a tough ask, which is a tough ask. But I think he will re- re- reward their loyalty at least um, to him I, to give him yeah, that money. And I think he has that freedom to do that a little bit more now with Patrick Beverly not there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you have, you know, Eric Bledsoe uh, back into the fold. First time he's played there in years and years. Um, maybe that'll be a little bit familiar, you know, territory for him. I want to see Serge Ibaka healthy. Love what Zubat brings to the table. I think picking up Justice Winslow, I'm interested to seeing him. Maybe he's going to be playing, uh, you know, secondary playmaker role or maybe even primary pay- playmaker role off the bench uh, and, and maybe having Bledsoe off the ball. Who knows? Uh, but I think that they'll have to prioritize to uh, developing some players, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, specifically Brandon Boston Jr. I think he's got a world of talent. Keon Johnson uh, from Tennessee. I think he's got a, a chance to be something special too. So, uh, Do you think when it comes to the Clippers, there's a better chance that they're a top six team in the West where they miss the playoffs? Top six team. I'm going the other way. I'd say I think there's a there's miss entirely. Chance. Okay. They miss entirely. Like not okay. not being a top ten. I but I mean you have Paul George, obviously. So I believe yes. in that. But you know, it's it's kind of a little bit of a high wire act there, I think, the Clippers. When you're missing, like they depend so much on the two superstars. They do. Yeah. They do. I just I I'm a believer in Ty. Maybe it's my bias. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But you have you have the Grizz at seven. So you're big on Memphis this year. I am. Uh, I think that a a big MIP candidate for me is Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I think getting kind of tossed into the oblivion, coming back, and then boom, you got to play a playoff game, the most important game of the season. Like there was just no way he was going to come back and just be himself. You know, like he's got to work on the foul trouble. I understand that. 
But this dude can launch threes. He's like seven foot. Um, really versatile defensively. Really, I think he could build a really solid rapport with John Morant, similar to what we saw uh, in Jaw's rookie year. Like, I, I really like Jaron. I do. I like him a lot. I do um, too. I, I just I, want to see him healthy for a season and really see him and Ja put it together, you know, for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you couple that. I love, you know, DeAnthony Melton uh, be somebody that's, that's really solid off the bench. We'll see if Kyle Anderson, if, if last season was a, a mirage or not. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but I say, I still think he's a solid basketball player, even if he doesn't have the same production. Uh, he's always going to be somebody that's that, that's helping make plays for others. Um, I think his jump shot is something that we need to keep an eye on to see whether last year was an anomaly or not because he shot phenomenal. Um, you know, do you want to see Stephen Adams? You know, throwing elbows. Yeah, I do. I do. I think Stephen Adams, wherever he goes, is just a, a bundle of joy. A bundle yeah. of joy. But Dylan uh, Brooks. We'll, and well, we'll see what Bain, I say. You know. Dylan Brooks. We'll see. You know, hopefully he can come back healthy and you know, do his thing. Um, but I'm thinking Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain, uh, these young guys who really showed out last year. Um, I just like their team. I do. I like their team. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm curious to see whether or not Jared Culver gets some playing time. Uh, that's another thing too, because uh, yeah, Jared Culver got cast playing. aside. He got cast aside in Minnesota. So yeah, he did. So, but I mean, I, we both have them in the playing tournament. Um, now I have Blazers at eight. You have them at nines. So they're right there. Their roster is pretty much the same as we've seen before. You know, they've got Larry Nance Jr., which I think is definitely going to help. Love it. You know, and Good pick up you know, for him. Good pick up for you him. Know, can they stay healthy? Can they? Can their bigs stay healthy? Quite honestly, but it's kind of the same old, same old we've seen from them. And I like Cody way. Zeller, by the way. I think Cody Zeller was a solid yeah. pickup for them. I mean, it's not earth shattering stuff. I understand that, right? But and. I, I, I think the whole NBA is kind of keeping their eye on this situation because it's like, you know, Damian Lillard kind of quietly behind the scenes. You know, he didn't say it, you know, publicly, but I think we all know that he told the team, like, let's get, let's make some moves and let's get better or else we need to, you know, do something about the situation with me being here. And I think he definitely wants to, to work out there. I don't think he wants to go anywhere, but I mean, the clock is ticking when it comes to his career. And he wants to win. And I think, you know, everybody's kind of like circling Portland going, okay, let's see how they start. You know, it's it's kind of the same old, same old when it comes to this team, you know, but what are you going to get out of Nurkic? What does Nance, you know, uh, make a difference to this team? You know, I don't see much difference. Can Norman Powell live up to the contract? You know, right. you've got a new yeah. coach there as well. So, okay, show me what you got. If you're going to yeah. be different from what we've seen in the past, because if it's not, and we're seeing kind of a 500 below 500 team. Then you have to wonder, you know, does everything get turned up a little bit when it comes to the Dame situation? Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're not wrong there. Um, I am interested too, to see um, how CJ McCollum is utilized, how, how that dynamic might change under Chauncey's, you know, watch, you know, see, see if there's any differences in scheme, you know, Curious. Let me ask you but I do, I do like the versatility and the yeah. switchability their team has with Larry Nance and Robert Covington, though. I do like that. It sounds like so far that when it comes to the Sixers, they are holding out 
for Damian Lillard in a trade for Ben Simmons. Considering everything that has gone on, if Portland came to you right now and said, I know this has been thrown out there before, but we've got a package centered around CJ. If you're the Sixers, are you more interested in doing that now? See, this is why I don't put me on the spot. I, I don't think so. This is why I wanted to do it. I don't think so. If if I think it's Dame or Bust. I think it's De'Aaron Fox or Bust. You know, like I think it's, uh, it's a, a superstar or Bust. And I, by for, the way, it, and that's the indications risk. that I'm getting. You know, it's like, a huge risk for the Blazers to do it too because you bring in a Ben Simmons, and if it doesn't work immediately with Damian Lillard, and if Ben is acting a little bit strange, shall we say, um, if those personalities do not click, much less them on the court, uh, Dame will go right to the front office and say, get me out of here. Yep. It's it's a big risk. One misstep and uh, it could be, maybe that's why they didn't make a big move. <laughs> They're just like, okay, maybe let's add around the edges a little. Let's add a little, little here, a little yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I don't, See like a big jump or a big drop when it comes to Portland. It's kind of the same old, same old. Yeah, know? same old, same old. So uh, I had, I had the Grizzlies at nine. At nine, you have the Blazers, and then the other one that's different is you have the T Wolves getting in at ten, and I have Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm, yeah. I think I think we leave that at that. Um wow. Do you want to get to some uh some picks like for awards real quick? Yeah, we'll we just let, we'll buzz through some awards and then we'll call it a day. And I think that that's okay. Under two two hours. I think that we did that consolidated that pretty well to talk about twenty ish teams. Sure. <laughs> like that, that was I think that was well done. Let's go through um, the awards and then we can give our picks for uh the East West and uh who's gonna be playing for a championship. All right. Ready for this? Uh, I revealed these earlier, but if you did not listen to nothing but bets, you will now be finding out. Here we go. Your MVP for the upcoming season. Giannis and Dedekumpo. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh he he got dinged last season because he had won two in a row. And it was like, people just didn't want to vote for him. Um, not that Jokic didn't deserve it, but I think too many people weren't paying attention to Giannis and to see the step that he took in the playoffs and winning that championship. I mean, he's, he's elite. And he is. He's, he's elite young and, and he's hungry. And I, I mean, I've been duped before, but if that release on his jumper is as quick as it has been, in the preseason, y'all are in trouble. Y'all are in trouble, trouble. Counter moves and whatnot. Mm. Defensive yeah. player of the year. Giannis and Dedekumpo. Wow. I have Draymond Green. Okay. Because if the Warriors are going to be as good as we think they are, it's going to become, it's going to be because of their defense. And he is the anchor of that defense. My actual, uh, you know, kind of range of of contenders here for this award. Um, I think that Anthony Davis is someone I was looking at. 
Anthony Davis uh, has that, gone out of his way to more or less say that he wants to win it this year. Yeah, I say I think that Rudy Gobert is always in that conversation. You know who's not um, gonna be there this year? Ben Simmons. Uh yeah, depending, depending. Uh Bam at a bio. Someone uh else has has mentioned that before. Um, you know, Drew Holiday, obviously in the conversation as a, a perimeter defender. Uh, I'd be hard pressed not to mention Marcus Smart in this situation, too. I don't know if you can win DPOY over all these guys, but just saying. Sixth man of the year. Dennis Schroeder. Wow. Going with Schroeder. The revenge year. Yep. Didn't get his bag, and now he's coming back for blood. Coming back for blood. There's a, there, there, there's a, uh, quite a few again uh, for this one. Um, well, particularly, I, w- I, was, I was thinking about Patty Mills real hard. Um, well, that's the guy that I have because I was going to do Jordan Clarkson, but the more that I thought about it and considering Kyrie's lack of a role on this team, I decided to go with Patty Mills. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, a little difficult. I was also thinking Montrez Harrell. Um, no, I'm not even touching that. No see, like, way. I, these are just things that go on through my head, bro. I got to understand here. Uh, and I was even thinking Malik Beasley. Like I was, I was thinking real outside of the box for this one, but then I was thinking sure. to myself, most of these individual awards go to people and players who are a part of a team that are in the hunt at least, or in I'll contending you, status at least. Yeah. Well, like Jordan Clarkson was a guy I look at, but another one that I would look at, and this would be a bounce back year too, Tyler Hero. Okay. Okay. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. So most improved player. Uh, I went with the consensus of BBN here and went with OG Dan and Obi. just thinking about it, just thinking about it. I said the leap in productions there, the dependability is there. The, you know, they're going to need a second, third scorer. like an OG is going to be that guy. And he's improved off the dribble. Uh, he's a better shooter, like legitimate defensive player, uh, I think all the, the the settings up are right there. Now, I, I will say that that I, I talked highly of Jaron Jackson Jr. earlier. He is also on my my list of contenders for this award. I think that DeAndre Hunter is somebody that needs to get some consideration for this as well. Uh, just because if the Hawks are, you know, what they say they are and and they're closer to Brian's third seed range than than my seventh seed range, uh DeAndre Hunter, uh, he's really gotten better uh, attacking uh, at the rim. Um, We know how good a defender he is. Um, Solid shooter. Just solid player overall, really. Um, I really like him. And I think he could be a good, uh, sneaky part of that MIP conversation as well. So I I thought about going with Jordan Clarkson to win it again because he's going to get shot. And we, M- we, we, we know what his role is going to be, or excuse me. I was, I'm looking at six man. I apologize. I was saying Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Woo, Jordan I apologize. Clarkson. <laughs> I apologize. Um, most improved. No, I, I thought about going OG, like you said, but I, I put down a guy that we've already talked about a bunch and that's Jordan pool. Because mm-hmm. once again, if the Warriors are going to be as good as we think they're going to be, they need somebody to, you know, help, especially early on before, while they're waiting for clay and we saw pool come on last year, we've seen him in the preseason so far. So I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be in contention there. 
Okay. And and this award too is usually for like third, fourth year guys. Um yeah. I feel like it rarely happens from rookie to sophomore year. Uh that one's really tough. Um otherwise I you know, maybe I consider um, you know, an Anthony Edwards. Oh, I I think that Terrence Mann could be in the the hunt for this too as well. A lot of people picking Michael Porter Jr. just because of the contract and for the the weight that'll be on his shoulders too. Uh, but just things to kind of look out for. I think um, it might be a little too late for him to win this award, but I think Lonzo Ball could be in that conversation too. I saw um, some people trying so, to pick John Morant, and I was like, wait, he's already like a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess okay. I guess MIP. What goes yeah. in the All Star voting and whatnot? So yeah. Kyle Kuzma too. Look out for that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookie of the year. This one wasn't as hard for me. Uh, I picked Jalen Green. Me too. I did. I did. Um, he's well, going to get every shot that he wants. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, it's it's him and Kevin Porter show, Jr. show, and, and maybe a little Christian Wood, right? Yeah. Like it's their show. Uh, Detroit. I feel like Cade Cunningham's going to get plenty of touches. I feel like he's going to have plenty of production. Uh, but they have some legitimate NBA talent on that team. And I don't know. I don't I don't know if he's going to come out and average, you know, 18 off the rip. You know, I'm, I don't yeah. know. Um, I'll tell you the I, guy that yeah, I wanted was, to pick. Was I Scotty? Wanted to pick, Scotty, I have his number two. I, really I, I, lo- I love Scotty, uh, the, the preseason. I the guy I really wanted to pick, but I was like, they're just not going to be good enough is Jalen Suggs. Now, I mean, oh. not, I mean, the Rockets are you not going to be go against the, You wanted to go against the grain because he had a bad preseason and looked like the smart guy and say, I told you so. I did. Well, well I mean, <laughs> the Rockets aren't going to be any good either, but I just, I, I still like Suggs as a player, but, but green is just so dynamic. We know that, Scoring he's gonna be putting and, up 16 to 17 shots a night right and you know people are always gonna look at you know the scoring totals he has he's gonna put up some spectacular athletic plays he's gonna be getting tons of highlights so i mean he's the guy that, that people are gonna see and he's gonna be talked about a lot so yeah. that that's who i would go with and then um so the last one is coach of the year spell i have nate mcmillan Okay. I mean, and that goes along with your sheet with having them as the third seat. Absolutely. Yes. That that, and, that just goes along with it. And Nate probably would have gotten more talk last year if he had been coached for the entire year. You, you know, what makes sense. I think uh, for this, uh, this year, I think if the nuggets, you know, get to like top four status, I think Michael Malone could be in contention for this because of uh, the situation that they're in. Um, I think if Doc Rivers navigates the Sixers through this mess, that he's going to be a, possibly be a contender for this. I um, think if the Warriors finish where we think they're going to finish, that Steve, Steve, Steve could be in there. Be yeah. In this. yeah. Monty, uh, you know, arguably got snubbed last year from, from Tibbs. Uh, he was in that conversation too. There's, there's quite a few good coaches. So. By the way, uh, Cade Cunningham will miss the Pistons opener with an ankle injury. And so it begins. And so it begins. All right. So so here it is. Who will be playing for the championship this year? Who will be playing in the NBA finals? And who do you have winning it all? You know, I hate being the consensus guy. 
you know me. I love to go against the grain. I love to be not to the degree of one Kyrie Irving, but I love to be a contrarian. Do you want to be different or do you want to be right? I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't this year. Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Nets over the Bucks. Western Conference Finals, I have the Lakers over the Jazz. The NBA champions of 2022, I have as the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. I didn't even pick who was going to be playing for the conference, you know, finals, but. I did a final four. Yeah. yeah. So I had coming out of the West, your Los Angeles Lakers. Your. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I knew I'd get you on that. Out of the East. I have the Milwaukee Bucks. And winning it all, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, a repeat. Back to back. A repeat. I believe too much in Giannis. He is just an overwhelming force that's just now hitting his peak. This guy is not someone who is content. This is a guy that is still hungry. This is a guy that even in the playoffs last year, when they were down, he figured it out. He figured it out twice. He figured it out against Brooklyn in the conference finals. And he figured it out in the NBA finals against the Suns, even with an injury, even when he had to carry his team, he found a way. And I mean, it just goes to show just how talented and how driven he is. And I am not, I don't think he's a guy that's just going to rest on his laurels. I think he's no, gotten a taste of it now and he wants more. And yeah. I think that's what we're going to see. No, that's fair. And I think he's going to go scorched earth this year as well. Um, like I said, when you're playing with no pressure um, and you have pretty much nothing to lose at this point and you're as young as he is and there's people questioning that championship and the validity and the legitimacy of that championship. Yeah, I think that, that that he's still out to prove something. And I'm going to so. throw this out there. I hope I'm wrong and the Lakers win a championship. Come on, baby, let's go. <laughs> let's get number 18. Oh, man. You know what, Brian? The journey starts tonight. It starts tonight. The season starts tonight. Austin Reeves, here we go. Hillbilly Kobe is coming for that he's gonna number get one spot. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see this. It's going to be in the rotation. I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. We're almost at about 6 p.m. now, so I think that's a good time to shut down about 90 minutes before the first game of the NBA regular season, as others call it, to the six-month preseason. <laughs> uh, but uh, this has been a blast today. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, somehow, we have gone almost two hours and uh, have not yawned. So this is good. Uh, We were engaging today. I think it was a fun time. Talked about a lot of stuff in depth. Uh, Definitely uh, made up for the the last week that we missed. (laughs) Um, So with that said, I'd love for you guys to go visit basketballnews.com. We've got an entire podcast network for you to check out. Articles, predictions, uh, roundtables, features, analysis, all the good stuff on basketballnews.com. And once again, keep it at 94 as a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Other shows that you can listen to, the Rex Chapman Show. We've got 
dishes and dimes, the rematch with Aton Thomas, the dunker spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr., the Alex Kennedy podcast, the follow through with Clips and Drew, NBA Top Shot Weekly, and the newest Nothing But Bets podcast with Evan Sidery. So make sure to check those out. Like, subscribe, review, rate, comment, do all the good stuff for that. Do the same for us so we can continue to grow this thing and grow this network uh, because basketball news, we're having a great time over at the website. We've been up for a little over a year now. Uh, so make sure you go visit us there, download our app, send out notifications every day from all of our best stories and the news to keep you up to date on everything NBA. With that said, I am on Twitter at Spin Davies. Brian is on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Give us a follow there. Engage with us. Talk to us. We would love to get any other advices, comments, all that stuff for the podcast uh, when we do our next episode. So thanks for listening, guys. I've had a blast, Brian. I hope that uh, your Lakers can come through for you tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, I will be on uh, Daily Fantasy Sports doing a lot of that (laughs) this year uh, because I lose too much money in football. Uh, So with that said, uh, for Brian Fritz, I'm Spencer Davies. This was Keep It a 94 Live. Everybody have a great night. Enjoy the NBA action. Mm -hmm.